0: training the agents because if Lewis could train me to be a rock star because when I got licensed I was running circles around agents at our old office that they were like what the heck like Lewis must be giving her like yeah I was getting the leads off the sign but you know Lewis and we're like well what if we did that then for our agents you can't even fight for your own commission like if you're willing to give away your money you'll give their money away too so if agents just are listing agents they'll always have buyer leads because they have a sign in the yard Someone's going to drive by, they're going to see it on the internet. There's no way not to have buyer leads, but so many agents getting like, oh, I got to get on Zillow.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I am here today with Alicia Lopez, which is my awesome broker. I'm super excited to interview her and for you guys to get to hear her story. Um, I've really been around Alicia for several years, probably since I was about 16 because my mom also works at this brokerage. So I am just excited to ask her these questions and hopefully you guys enjoy it.
0: All right, Alicia. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. How
1: are you? I'm doing great. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate and we'll go from there. Yes.
0: Yeah, so my story is definitely an interesting one for sure and I never ever intended to get into real estate. I honestly didn't even, like it Never. the thought never crossed my mind until I had met my husband Lewis. which back then, you know, we just started dating. He was already a realtor. I was in college for my bachelor's degree in interior design and he kept, once we had moved in together, he was like, you got to get your license, you got to get your license because I had taken over as his assistant. I was like, just give me all that stuff because him and paperwork, it would just drive me crazy. So I'm like, just give me that. I'm going to do this for you. Just go sell. So he was in heaven and what he noticed when I took that off of his plate Like his sales actually increased because he wasn't like stuck in the paperwork zone, especially for somebody that didn't like administrative tasks. Um, He always wanted me to get my license, but like, nope, I am going to be an interior designer. And that, I mean, it's still my passion. I just love beautiful things, I love design. My the way I think about everything in life and business is in design mode. And he would not lay up, but I just wouldn't do it. Well, we moved to Ocala in two thousand and five, and I worked for a builder in West Palm doing AutoCAD work and drawings and renderings. And I just thought like I had it made that I graduated college. I had a great job doing something like in the field that I loved, and I was at that time like remote. I would huge disks that you would have to say work on and then you would FedEx it and overnight it back to them. Well, the builder ended up going out of business and now had no job. And I was pregnant with our first, our son, and I've never been one to just sit around and not work. And Louis is like, oh, well, I guess you got to finally get your real estate license. I was like, oh, I was totally fine with this whole admin thing. And this is like putting a damper on my plans that I thought. Actually the more I had thought about it then which I really didn't think about it was it was a good idea to become like the low, we were the Lopez team but admin agent now I was doing admin plus being Lewis's virus agent but it was a good idea because we were starting a family and it allowed us to still like allow me to still be mom not have the kids in daycare and then the flexibility of the business with us like, he had a listing appointment, and I'm with buyers, so I could have the baby with me, and so we were really able to make it work. But I never wanted to. I just knew that okay, you know, we've got to do something, and it really developed into the most amazing thing because I would have never like you would ask me when I graduated high school or maybe when I started college, like or something would have told me, you know, you're gonna you're gonna become a realtor. You guys are gonna do this you are going to become a real estate broker. I would say, you're crazy, because I never intended to become a broker either. So it it was all these things that happened that led us down the path that we were on, but it was never a plan.
1: Yeah, I think think most realtors, that's really how it goes. I mean, most people don't decide to be a realtor. I think my age group is different. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people saw like, the past like couple years and the like height of everything and not everybody wants to be a realtor yeah um I think you know I have a very similar story to you where I didn't really want to be or I wasn't planning on doing this mm-hmm. and like end ended up working with mom and all of that um going to dietetic school I mean, I thought I'd be a dietitian doing all of that but um so I guess I want to ask you your opinion on like in today's world do you really think college is like necessary or what do you think about like what do you tell agents maybe that feel like they um like lost themselves, maybe. They feel like that anyway, yeah. end up being a realtor doing something different. Like, I don't know. You were
0: that person, you went through that, so what do you think? I'm grateful for the edu- like for the education I did get and I loved it. But if I would have known that I was never gonna go in a sense, you know, go into that field, it was a huge bill for no reason, you know so like with our kids we I think college is great if it's what you need to get to where you're going but that old thinking of like oh graduate you gotta go to college I mean I don't think I've ever met anyone unless they become a doctor or a lawyer uh, maybe a veterinarian like certain things an engineer I haven't met anybody other than like those where you absolutely have to have a degree that have gone into what they went to school for even with business degrees and all these things like we learn more now through experience through mentors through social media and youtube and videos and all those things you get a better education than you do sometimes actually having to go to class and pay for it so i'm not a and lewis as well like we're not huge promoters of having a degree but if you need it you need it
1: i agree i think it really just depends on like what direction you want your life to go into and Mm -hmm. i i do agree um that college i think in today's world i think if you're looking to be an entrepreneur realtor Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be something that's a licensure that you know using youtube or something else would be is a lot more um handy into all of that i also wanted to ask you like why did you guys end up coming to ocala like what was that because like if lewis because lewis was doing pretty well in real real estate down Mm -hmm. south wasn't he Mm -hmm. like what was like the driving factor
0: to move here So, well we lived in Broward County, and we were engaged, our wedding was coming up, and we wanted to buy a house together. The prices were getting really high, and we weren't able to find something, I mean this is like the case with everybody, right? Yeah. So we weren't able to find something that met our needs at the price that we wanted to pay. So we actually had moved up to Port St. Lucie for a little bit, and because we were selling a lot in Port St. Lucie, new construction, because the prices in Port St. Lucie were much, much more affordable than they were in South Florida. And when we were in Port St. Lucie, one of the buyers that Lewis was working with, the brother already lived in Port St. Lucie, so that's how we kind of found out about the area and we realized gosh the pricing here like it's not that far from our family in south florida why don't we you know entertain that option and we actually started looking at resale and we realized that new construction at that time was cost less Mm. than resale in port st lucie so we were gonna we actually had built a home and we were also flipping new construction when we were doing all that and it got priced out like there was that max and there was no more room for profit and the market was starting to shift the same brother of the buyer that we knew he said hey I heard in Ocala you could still buy new construction and you know sell it and flip it and still make a decent profit so we were able to get one property here for that reason and when it it was done and ready to go we tried to sell it and it wouldn't Sell, because the market was starting to shift, we couldn't sell it. So we had driven up here to see like what's going on. Uh, when we were standing in the driveway, Lewis and I had just looked at each other, and we were like, "We should just move here." And I was like, "Yeah!" Like we kind of like said it at the same time, we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we should." We're like, "Yeah, let's just do that. Let's just sell that one," and and then we're just living this one, and. Fast forward eighteen and something years, and here we are. And that's like that thing about Ocala. So many people that when you ask them like, "Why Ocala? Why are you moving up here? Why'd you move here?" They're like, I don't know. I was just stopped at the Cracker Barrel, or we got off to get gas. We're like, "Wow, this place! Like the vibe, like the energy here. There's just it feels good. It's just like this peace in the air is the way I kind of explain it. And that was us. So we literally left entire book of business because okay. you're young and you don't like you're not thinking and we left our entire book of business our family everything and we were we had just gotten married and was i pregnant but like, well, we didn't find out i was pregnant right till we were like already up here but we like just on a whim like yeah let's do it and it was the greatest decision that we ever make because the blessings that we have had that we experience and all the amazing things that we've done, and the people we've met, and agents, everybody we want to help. It was meant for us to do that here. You know, only God knows, of course, if any of that would have happened down there, but I don't think so. It was meant for it to happen here. And that South Florida hustle that we brought with us, and when I say hustle, I mean it like, you know, like, let's go, let's go, you gotta get stuff done. Because 18 years ago in Ocala, it was like, who are these people? Why are they in a hurry? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why are you so slow? And that was the whole slow calla thing. Like, I don't really hear that much anymore. I mean, it, it's still like, there's like those faint little like r- memories of that. But back then, it was slow calla for a reason. So it actually was to our benefit. Like, it really helped us to be successful here in real estate back then and build our business because we were like, come on, you got to go with that. Like, the big city, the fast-paced mindset, it's just in your blood. You can't help it. So it really helped us. Um, but that's why Ocala. And okay. Ocala has just been so good to us and all the people and everything.
1: Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. So ah. that was, I like learned something new today. Yeah, yeah so that's interesting. I, I wanted to ask, um, you kind of mentioned about, like, having, like, the big city hustle or, like, hustling and, like, making that work. I think a lot of agents, um, like, even myself, like, if I ever thought about moving, like, I mean, maybe not for me, but if, like, you're a well a more established agent, like, you're, like, Lewis was pretty, probably pretty established mm-hmm. at the time. Like, if, if you were to move, um, and you were to do something like that, because I think a, a lot of people here in Ocala either want to stay or they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think also just as an agent, I feel like a lot of times people feel very stuck. Because mm-hmm. you're, like, you have, like, your people and, like, you're building a source and, like, all of that. Um, like, what did you guys do maybe to, like, really help, um, you
0: know, bring what you had in South Florida to Ocala, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes, well, Lewis is great at so many things. One of like his absolute expertise, he has a vision in marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, he always knows like those hook words, the things that people want to hear when they're reading some type of an advertisement, how to draw in the business. And those are just like a lot of those old tried-and-true real estate principles and practices. So that was actually exactly what he was doing down there. He just came up here and then, you know, re-implemented it. it. Yeah, because remember there was zero social media. Yeah. Google was barely a thing. Um, Our phones were just regular phones. We didn't even have Blackberries at that time. I mean, this is like how long ago. And the only thing you could do was traditional marketing, uh, so he just applied everything to up here, and that was why he was the focus on listings. And then I, he trained me to be his buyer's agent at that time, and so I was buyer's agent admin. And you know, when you are doing the right stuff, you have signs in the yard. When you have listings, you're going to have buyer leads. So that's free, and everybody pays for all these buyer leads, and that's great. But If agents really focus on learning to be a listing agent and a good one, not cutting commission so they're buying a listing, you know, like really, really hone in and master that skill, they'll never run out of business because there's very few, like, really good listing agents. Anybody could put a sign in the yard and anybody can say, Oh yeah, I do it for one percent. Like, gosh, well, if you're gonna list a house or charge 1% for your services, you know, how is the agent going to ever fight for a seller's commission or, I'm sorry, for a for their bottom line? Yeah. You know, if you can't even fight for your own commission, like if you're willing to give away your money, you'll give their money away too. So if agents just be, are listing agents, they'll always have buyer leads because they have a sign in the yard. Someone's going to drive by, they're going to see it on the internet. Uh, there's no way not to have buyer leads. But so many agents get in like, oh, I got to get on Zillow and you know that works for some it used to work a whole lot more back in the day but you know everything shifts like one source of bringing in deals or leads it changes through the years and then if you have nothing else like funnels that lewis always teaches you always have the different funnels because if something's dry but other stuff's bringing in leads and business then you're never out of business and listings is just Absolutely, the number one. Like they say, that who lists last in the business, and it's so true. Because you have the product that everybody wants.
1: No, I I definitely agree. It's actually kind of funny. Um, like I haven't done that many listings because you know I worked with mom and I was I was the buyer's agent, yeah. much like you. So I haven't done that many listings, but the listings that I have done, especially like the one I had out in Paisley, which I mean, it was like way back up in the cut. Like there was definitely like it was just not the location like you would expect to really get a whole lot of. Fire leads Mm -hmm. or any kind of leads off of honestly I mean some listings you get are like the best location you do tend to get a lot more I mean location does play a role into it Mm -hmm. uh, to a a degree um and I got a call off of that and I would have never like that's the listing I probably would have never thought at least expected and they just called and wanted to know about the property they don't like the property and they they ended up I don't think they were very serious to be Mm -hmm. completely honest but that just like for me goes to show like exactly what you're talking about even if it's a listing that is back up in the cut in the middle of nowhere paisley And you Uh can get a lead off of that. Like, if you're in town here in Ocala, like, if you have a listing, the chances that you're going to get somebody off of it is is much higher, Mm -hmm. even in the market that we're dealing with now, which I don't think is the worst, but it's just really
0: weird. Yeah, and so, like, for you, it's weird. And anybody that has gotten into the business that's never been in, like, a real – we call it the real real estate market, Mm -hmm. but, like, for – me, for Lewis, and then agents that have been in since we have, and even before, we're like, yay. And why we say, like, are you crazy? Because the real, like, this market is going to make really, really great realtors. They're either, it's either going to get many, many out of the business, because a lot that got in, it was was, like, they were just, like, getting in for an opportunity. They saw a moment to make some extra money, but they didn't learn any kind of a skill. And so to be a realtor now and then moving forward for the next, you know, this part of the cycle until it gets wild and crazy again and that's what, like 12 to 14 years every cycle. So we've got a good chunk of time to become really great realtors and it will make good realtors a great ones, because you have to actually learn to really negotiate, like really figure out what a seller wants to accomplish or what a buyer is really looking for. Bring all that together, because when they say like we're the matchmaker, I mean we kind of are. We can't make somebody sell, we can't make somebody buy a home that they don't see their selves in or their family in, but we facilitate that transaction, and so our skill has to be to be able to facilitate that in a pref- in a professional way, and guide them, and be able to either answer questions or get the right answers for them, not just like oh highest and best, and you know there's five hundred. Uh, offers over list price and you know you'd have to go fifty thousand a hundred thousand over to win and only pay cash and no inspections i mean that's not real real estate that's just a like a wild fluke um, but but those like agents in that time when we were there like most of those agents from back then are still in the business and still successful because they perfected their skill they really truly wanted to do it and That was going back to, like, like we could all easily make ourselves look like we know what we're doing. But it's really sad, and that's where I was going. Like, it's really sad when we get our license to protect, the whole reason we need a license, to protect the health, welfare, and safety of the public, not ourselves, not our bank accounts, you know. um, Not whatever self-serving and our bills and all those things. It's to protect the public. That's why we're licensed. But then it's so easy to go on social media and be like, yeah, like sell a house with me. And like, oh, just sold or just closed. And it was a closing they had like three months ago and they're reposting it. Like sad. And they're not thinking like, somebody's gonna fact check me because it, it's gonna happen. Like Zillow shows the agent sales. A lot of all these sites now shows it's all public record. So before nobody was paying attention to everybody boasting and like, oh, I'm awesome. But now that things are kind of slowing down, the consumer really wants somebody that understands the market, is a professional, has experience. And If it's not them, like their team is backing them up that they are protected because there's so many emotions and everybody, like sellers are now upset that they're not making as much money as they would have if they would have listed a year ago so their emotions are of disappointment and frustration and anger and all these things and, you know, buyers are like, what? How much of a down payment? Like, how, my in- like what's the interest rate? So they're upset because now they're spending way more than if they would have bought before. Because everybody's like, oh, I should have, could have, but you can't go back. And then you have agents that we always say, the like commission breath, that they're just like, their desperation of needing money is just like vomiting all over the transaction. Causing more problems then you have banks that they need you know they only care about money they have no emotion in anything so you have like everybody involved in a transaction these days that it's all about money and it's not a happy positive situation it's We're spending too much money I'm not making enough money I need this money to pay my bill like it's all that and that's like the energy of a deal right now so that's the whole reason why, like you need to know what you're doing and when you, an agent goes into it with compassion, understanding and just like, I'm here to help, I'm here to bring everybody together and make this deal close so you get a house and you sell all these things, they get rewarded in the end and they get a commission but I'm sure you see it many, many times, like it's just like, oh, like, how are you, like how's this guy even in real estate, like how in the world did that seller pick this agent? Like if they're like that with you and you just can feel their desperation for a closing, they had to be like that with the seller when they got the listing.
1: No, 100%. Yeah. I think, I'll be honest, um, I've said this many times and I, I feel pretty like um, like pretty hard on it. I think if you were a realtor like in 2019 and you were already, you had like that chance, and I see it kind of like a trend with when i doing those interviews with Debbie and stuff too, is like, they had like that chance to kind of figure it out. And then by the time we really got to the height, they mm-hmm. like really hit home hard. But, like, if you were, like, me and, like, a couple other people in the office where we got in, like, at, like, the height, mm-hmm. it was a
0: mess. Yeah. Because
1: you were trying to, like, learn real estate and also I feel like, like, I mean, it, I lost so many deals and I wasn't the only agent. I mean, there was well-experienced agents just losing deal after deal after deal, buyers, yeah. because it, prices were just going up. I mean, like, you know, I call one day and it's 50 grand, you know, 50 grand less. We get to that same, like, two days later and they had raised it 50 grand. They're out of the market. Like, they're yeah. out. They can't buy yeah. anything anymore. Um, so, I think this, like, slow time in the market while, like, it's kind of painful to the pocketbook for many mm-hmm. people, even even the experienced agent, because oh, they're yeah. not making what they were making before. Mm-hmm. I do think if you're a newer agent, you have the opportunity to, like, really, like, take the time to like, master your skills, and mm-hmm. if you're able to financially, even if, even if you're a part-time agent, I'm not an advocate for a part-time agent, but maybe, like, in this season, mm-hmm. you might have to be to some degree, just so mm-hmm. that way you can make ends meet, mm-hmm. but then that way, at least you can, like, really hone on your craft and learn. Um, I want to ask you, like, do you think a newer agent should go on, like, a team? Like, I, I mean, I worked with my mom. I think it really excelled me on what I know, even if I think I was on a different team with somebody else, I think right. that would still apply, but what, what do you think on that? So,
0: most teams are almost like a mini brokerage in a sense without like the liability of being the broker like you know mm-hmm. like, okay that's on me uh, so the team lead is really acting as that like broker role without all that responsibility but they have that for their team so whether you go in a team whether you join a traditional brokerage the most important thing is who's in leadership because if who's in leadership does not have experience in the business like how in the world are you gonna learn something yeah they might have had a couple like lucky shots and some good deals but it's years that it takes to like really understand the craft in a sense so would you rather learn from someone that just you know had a couple deals and they did good or from somebody that's been in the business and have experienced the ups and the downs and like, what do you do if this happens and keep you out of trouble? Because if they don't know how to help you in one of those moments, hello, like you're going down and they're going to go down with you. And, you know, that we were so fortunate to be able to train mom and then mom brings you on and I'll be able to train you. Like that's that whole like trickling down with the leadership. But most you've seen most agents never get that. Yeah, I was so... Fortunate and so blessed to have Lewis teach me, but back when, even before I was licensed, because I was still studying and all that stuff, the like prior objections and you know what to say on the phone and how to convert them to show them like you know why they want to get qualified. I was you know already learning all that stuff, so I was ready to go when I got licensed. But we, Lewis and I, when we opened up our own brokerage, which actually that's a whole other story to tell, but we never thought about how agents get trained and it really wasn't a thing back then, because this is going back in June of 2011 when we um, opened up our, our first brokerage which was the mom and pop and we just never thought about that, like we never realized that what how he got trained by his first broker and how he trained me like how special that was, because it wasn't like a thing And when we were, we had our brokerage and we were trying to bring agents on, I would talk to so many agents and I knew so many because being a buyer's agent, right, you get to meet uh, so many listing agents and then being admin, I got to have so many great relationships with listing agents, with buyer's agents, so I knew a lot of the agents in our marketplace and I was like, hey, like, why don't you join our brokerage? And they're like, Alicia, like we love you, like we know you would be such a great broker because of you know the rapport we already had, and but they were like, well, what can you do for us? Like, what do you? Do? And we were like, I don't know, <laughs> like we didn't know, and then we realized uh, a little bit after that that wait a second, like that's the thing, you know, everybody has their thing, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and our thing was training the agents because if lewis could train me to be a rock star because when i got licensed i was running circles around agents at our old office that they were like what the heck like lewis must be giving her like yeah i was getting the leads off the sign but you know lewis he gives nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> right so i had to every deal i had i i converted i did it because he's like you got to do that you got to learn if i do it for you like, how are you learning and you know he's like it was everybody and I didn't get any special treatment. Probably was harder on me than he is on anyone, but I'm grateful for that because look at me now. Um, And so we realized that that's that thing, like wait, you trained, you got trained, and you followed what your old broker, his first broker did. And now he, not even realizing how he trained me, and we're like, well, what if we did that then for our agents? What if they actually got to learn how you trained me? And then we trained them, and we were like, that's our thing like that's the thing missing in our industry at that time or even in our area and that was kinda how everything started to really progress is when we were training the agent like real real estate like this is what you do and it took Lewis years to like really from all these different trainers and you know Mike Ferry, uh, Craig Proctor, like all these different pieces that he had learned from all of them and he like put it all together into like a formula that worked for him. And so that's actually still what we teach today. And that's why we always call it teacher from the top because they always get him and they get me. And you know, we don't like brush it off to anyone to, we don't hire anybody to do the training. Like they always get us. And that's why we have so many successful agents in our brokerage still because it's like a proof of fact. If you do this, like you're gonna be good. And it's always the ones like, I oh, gotta study? but they'll study a book this big to pass the test, right? To get the license, but they want to study to make money. Never makes sense. And I guess it's because like, well, I know what to do here, but like this is actually like the book, right? But they just memorize. But here's actually like, I gotta learn to like language patterns. I gotta learn almost like psychology. I gotta understand people's feelings and emotions. Like, I didn't know that's what real estate was. And that's what it is. I mean, we're literally we're in a people business, an emotional business, and if somebody's like really brash and harsh, they'll make it, they, right? Really quick, is like, what's wrong with this person? We had a agent not that long ago that, it's sad because she had potential, but she couldn't get her emotions in check. And she was just shooting herself in the foot with so many deals, like, oh, it's them. Like, no, maybe one time. But so many in a row. It's not them. It's you. Like you gotta learn. Like customers always right. Yes, but you gotta learn. Like how do I build rapport? How do I remove resistance? So they know. Like I'm here to help you. Um, it's tricky at times, but it's so rewarding.
1: No, I I definitely I definitely agree with that. I think if, um, if you can learn the craft, whether it's from somebody or whatever the case may be, but. I think I'm gonna kind of transition it into where I usually always ask because, like, the main thing with the social bridge is to, to discuss like AI and technology or anything that like impacts an industry, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with real estate. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so, what are your opinions on? Because you did mention, I, I agree that real estate is a people business, but I think a lot of times I find that people think AI is somehow going to like replace what we do. And I, yeah. what do you think about all of that?
0: Well. Before the AI replacing us, it used to be that, was it, Zillow and Realtor.com were Mm -hmm. going to replace us, and we've all seen that that hasn't worked. (laughs) Didn't work at all. Um, Everything has its purpose and its place, and, like, I love AI. And, like, one of the things I absolutely love is that it really, like, if you get, like, writer's block or you get stuck, like, you know what you want to do, but you just don't know how to bring it together, and then, like... Sometimes you have like that friend or a parent or a family member like, you know, I'm trying to do this. Can you help me give you suggestions? Well, now we have AI and their suggestions kind of like way better. So it really like gets the creative juices flowing. Um, but again, like if you don't know how to use it, you could ask AI to do something. You'll be there for five hours because you don't even know how to give it the right command. Right. So with every awesomeness, there's always like that piece of it that's difficult and I mean it's it's still not a person there's a person that was behind it giving it like you know programming and all that stuff but there's no emotions like we've seen and but I think it's really awesome to help with creativity and if it's used right but then you're always gonna have they'll be the agents that they all go in for the exact same thing and whatever it says like they go put it out there and like everybody's gonna have the same comments and same descriptions and they're like then the consumers be like, oh, that's AI. So I think it's great, but you can't replace the human. Is AI gonna show the house? I can't you know? No, I don't like how is that like the a only, robot? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The only yeah, thing is like the hologram, robot. That's, but that's
1: like programmed to like do that. I guess is a possibility. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of crazy. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is they have like Common Wave. I think it's like four or three or something like that, where it's basically like a hologram projected. Um, and I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. Um, but I was curious what you thought. So my opinion is I think at some point, like when you go to a new construction model, like obviously you have to build the model and you have to walk it, but you Mm -hmm. are limited to like one model. You can't like walk many. So I Mm -hmm. thought like a way that they could solve that issue is to use like this to like hologram the house. But Mm -hmm. do you think, do you think people, I mean, it's more physical, so it's not like online people bought houses online this past and nobody thought they would do that. Um, but what do you think of like technology like that? Do you think that's something that would actually be like helpful or not? I
0: I think all of the, all technology and like all this AI and the holograms and the, you know, how like, they make the person and like they're talking So about, creepy. But it, yeah, but it's like it all has its place and As it progresses, there's always going to be cool things and then there's going to be things like, well, that was not like, who thought of that one, right? But I mean, you have to embrace technology in real estate, but I think in any industry in life, because if you don't, you're going to get left behind. And it's just like, it's it's changing so fast. Because I remember when I was in high school, Check had came out, you know, and I was like, Oh, this is great, you know, like, thank God for spell check. So, I don't like if I spelled the word wrong, it's because I went that fast, I didn't even see like the red squigglies, right? And they were like, Oh, that's gonna make it's gonna dumb everybody down, and all these things. Like, yes, it is, but it is what it is, like, you can't get away from it. So, you either brace it or really get left behind. And I've always been very open-minded, forward-thinker. I always, all the technology, I think it's great. And we just need to embrace it. And even as realtors, as a brokerage, like you have to embrace all of that stuff and kind of be a front runner in a sense, um, in your space, your niche, whatever it is, because somebody's going to, so why not be you? Yeah. no
1: I, I definitely agree so like usually at the towards the end of the, of the interview I always ask the person that I'm interviewing um, what are some helpful tips that you would give somebody that's looking to go into entrepreneurship I think whether any most anybody that I talk to they're of I'm some sort of entrepreneur and I think any advice that you mm-hmm. give
0: regardless of industry is always helpful so what are some things you think you'd give somebody be coachable and you know don't ask for help and not be coachable <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, the two cannot coincide together in the same sentence. You cannot be reaching out and asking, like, what do you think about this? Or can you help me? Can you, you know, what did you do in this situation? And not be able to receive that coaching and that help and mentoring. Because we see that a lot. We oh, There's always agents that are like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna. It's like the I'm gonna. But then, when you're like, okay, wait, like I love your drive, I love your tenacity and your energy, but like we gotta pull back a little because you wanna be over here, you're like ready to be at step Z, the expert, but you haven't mastered A, B, C, D. You haven't even like you're trying to skip over E, N, F, and so if they're coachable and they can, you know, I I don't like the constructive criticism because in my mind that's like negative, but coachable is the same thing. It's being able to take advice and not getting insulted when you, like whatever it is that you're doing needs an adjustment. So that's my, in anything, you have to be coachable, you have to get in rooms with others that are way, like you need to be the like itty bitty tiniest in the room of whatever it is that you want to do because how else are you going to learn? And so it's the whole ego thing. That if we and we all have it, I have one. You have like the every human being has an ego. We just always think like ego, like oh, I'm the bomb, you know. But ego, so many other things. Ego's like, I can help you, and why don't you listen? Because that was always my thing. Like I can help everybody, and I had to learn that just because I know if you listen to me, I can help you, it doesn't mean I'm supposed to. So we have to like check our ego at the door and not care we get stuff wrong and not be called out in a room full of people, and not in a bad way, just like, no, you gotta do it like this, or if you adjusted things this way, you'd get this result. Because a lot of people cannot, like, in their mind they're like, don't, like, don't humiliate me. Well, how are you gonna grow? And it's not humiliation, it's how they take it, and that stops them. So it's being coachable, get in rooms with others that have already done it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can. You got to be a really great duplicator. But when you duplicate, it's the process. It's not the integrity, right? It's not like, oh, I could do that. I'm just going to, like, dress like them, design like them, be like them. I'm like, do everything just like them. And then, like, I got success now. You know, it's duplicating the processes and the systems, but you have to be authentic, and you then have to make things you because people see right through it. So, definitely rub shoulders with the right people and again, if you're not you, those people that you're trying to get around, they're going to see right through you too because it's hard to build rapport and get somebody of a level of success to open up to you if you're not being authentic because they'll see right through you. So, coachable. I, it, we talk about that all the time. Like, why did they ask me for help if they really didn't want the answer? And when I deliver my help, you know, like, I am gentle. Like, I don't ever, like, I don't like when if someone's, like, rough with me. So I always treat others the same way. And you could deliver something in the softest, kindest, like, most gentle possible, absolute possible way. And they're like, oh, well, that's what I did. Like, no, you didn't. If you did, you wouldn't be asking me. <laughs> right? So that's the whole coachable thing and the ego, because it's impossible. You can't have both. I mean, yeah, check the ego at the door and be willing to just like peel the layers apart and allow somebody to invest in you and really help you. And there's so many people out there that have been there before you that they just want to help you because somebody helped them and they want to pay it forward. And a lot of times, like they don't even charge you because I want to help anybody that wants to be helped. I don't, I mean, obviously, time is an issue. You don't have like all the time in the world to just help anybody that comes by. But it's like the greatest thing when someone asks you for advice and then they go do it and then they come back, Kalisha, like I, I approached the situation the way you explained it to me and look, these are the results I got, it's like, yeah. But then you have someone like, they'll come back over. And over the same thing, you're like, "Okay, I told you like twenty times already. Like we're good now." <laughs> you know, Lewis would be like, "Okay, I told you twice. Don't come back until you you fix it, or like don't ask me, right?" But for me, I'm like, we're at "The twentieth time now. So why, like, why ask? Why take somebody's time if you're not gonna do it? And you have gold. Like we have had, we have have had and have some of the most amazing mentors." in our for our industry in the world and they are they have the biggest hearts they're like such amazing people and the only thing they want from us is for us to succeed and that they get to be a part of it and that's how we are too it's pretty awesome just
1: be coachable yeah no i think i think that really um summed everything up and i think that's a great i think it's something that a lot of people That choose entrepreneurship, like kind of struggle with. Not all do, but I think a lot do because I think you come in with a big head, wanting to do things your way, and you find out that you can't really do things the way that you think you can do them. You have to do them like in a very precise or orderly fashion. If not, you're not going to succeed to the level you want to be. So, but I think it's really well, Alicia, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. Absolutely, um, thank you for having uh, me. My pleasure. Yes, Yes, of course. All right, everybody, check back next week, and we will, and we're done.